just a quick disclaimer before we get started. In the episode, we incorrectly talk about how Michael Vick had stepped away from the Atlanta Legends. It has come to light that that was a false report, and he actually is still with the team. He's coaching and participating and doing his full job. But the episode was already completed before we learned about that. So anyway, we talk about in the episode. Ignore that part. Ryan Childress did step down, but Michael Vick is still in position. Anyway, let's get going. Bringing you news and updates from the Alliance of American Football, your source for everything Memphis, with your hosts, Dan and Michelle. This is Memphis AAF. What up, Light Crew? This is your captain speaking. I am Michelle, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Daniel. What's going on, Daniel? Um, You know, just uh, another day. No uh, one cares. We took a nap earlier. Oh, oh that was really nice. We we watched. Um, okay, stop. Welcome to Expressing Gold. Yeah, brand new name, brand new logo. If you haven't seen already, I know we probably probably should have built this up a little bit more. Maybe not start off the bat, but I'm so excited. We have our brand new logo, like brand new graphics. And if you follow us on social media, you've already seen them. But if you haven't, go check it out. They are amazing. Yeah, you just dropped them. Like I was scrolling on Instagram this morning. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> what was that logo? Oh right, it's the new badass logo that we have. So. It's fucking cool. Dan's putting it on shirts and hoodies and leggings and tank tops and all kinds of awesome stuff. So we'll have that ready for you very soon. Check us out on social media. And as soon as we have all the merch ready, then we will definitely let you know there. And somebody reached out to us on Facebook. Oh, did they? They own a print shop in Nashville. No shit. Uh, Paul Cart. Oh, I just cussed like twice. Yeah, we've said shit a couple times. Sorry, guys. So print shop in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. So Paul Cart reached out to us on Facebook. He runs or works for, I'm not sure, probably should have asked. Anyway, he is associated with EBE Apparel in Nashville. No way. Yeah, he offered to hook us up with some t-shirts. So we're going to go with like Teespring or somebody else so we can have a much wider variety of options. But our Patreon exclusive shirts were going to be printed and delivered by us. So if you want that kind of little bit special, unique design, join Patreon. And as soon as we get the shirts, we'll be sending those out and the sticker to all the patrons that supported us early on. Yep. So shall we get into some news? I definitely think we should. Okay. So kind of a big news day. No way. <laughs> I need to stop doing that. Okay. What, what do we got in the news? So the first thing. Uh-huh. So we know that during like the earlier months of the AAF, executives, coaches, GMs with the Alliance were visiting NFL teams during the NFL preseason. We knew that. <laughs> we knew that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew that. <laughs> Did you share that with us? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm just testing you. Just okay, testing. okay. Did I pass? Uh, yeah. So the NFL has been extremely open with the AAF because they see the potential in it, as we've talked about before. Yep. Over the past week or two, Pete Carroll has come out giving praise to the AAF, talking about how important it is. And last week, we were talking about how Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, yeah, uh, came out in support of the AAF as well. Yep. Now the Detroit Lions general manager has come out in favor of the AAF. Was it the AAF or was it just like spring leagues in in general? Spring leagues in general, but right now the only one that's relevant is the AAF. Definitely. Until next year when the XFL starts. We're not talking about that yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll talk about that. So Bob Quinn, who is the GM for the Lions, said, I hope this one or the other ones kind of stay in business because it can really be helpful to these fringe players that might be on a practice squad, might be capable of being on a 90-man roster, but just need more playing time. Did you say French? These French players? Fringe? Oh, okay, okay, okay. The bubble players? <laughs> I was like, why does he care about French football players? 
I mean, if you're in France and you want to play football, I mean, there's no reason why you can't try out. Right, right, right. But it would be weird that he was concerned about French football <laughs> players. That's all I'm saying. But you meant fringe. Yes, fringe players. The ones that are good, but not quite good enough. Right. Gotcha. Maybe they need more development or whatever reason. The AF is here for you. Come join us. Well. Well, what? Rosters are kind of full. Well, I mean, I mean, next year, obviously. <laughs> okay, so it's just really cool to kind of put a bow on this as the phrase is, I think. I don't know. Is that the phrase? I think so. Put a bow on it. Wrap it up. I mean, that's like when you when something is done, you finish it up. So are you saying like the AAF is finished? No, or? no, no. I'm saying like, let's finish up this first topic. Essentially, another person that has some authority in the NFL is saying that they see the benefit of and really appreciate spring leagues. And we're going to take that to mean the AAF in particular, because that's when it's starting right now. I, I didn't even mention like the team is going to be scouting AAF players. See, that's why we needed to put a bow on it. There we go. Can we move on now? I think so. To some tech news. Oh, God. It's, this is your favorite. Do we do we have our theme song yet? No. Can we, can we get that? No. You oh. think we need a theme song for every <laughs> segment? <laughs> I definitely think that's appropriate for tech news. You won't think that once I tell you about the football. Yes, Grandma, the football. <laughs> you guys should go back and listen to Was that our first episode? See... You were talking about the sport. I'm talking about the actual football. Right, right, right. But that's an inside joke. So if you uh, mi- if you don't understand, go back and listen to like episode one or two. Anyway, go just ahead. Go back and listen to the past 22 episodes, and I'm sure it's in there somewhere. <laughs> so tell us about the football. So we looked at the football last week. Great design. Mm-hmm. Which was confirmed. This was actually released on social media this week. Because last yes. week, <laughs> it was um, someone had like leaked it and they weren't supposed to. Well, he posted it and then deleted the image. So we're assuming he wasn't supposed to. Right. But yes, it's out now. All the teams are showing him off. So Eric Swartz, the head of the tech team for the Alliance, tweeted out an article talking about the football. Okay. So it's going to have a chip in it. Ooh, like a potato chip? Yes. The winner gets put, to pop the ball and eat a thing of potato chips. Yep. That's a pretty cool prize. Um, if you're in England, I think you call them crisps. Can I have one? I want a football full of crisps. <laughs> okay, sorry. So this is not the kind of chip you're talking about. No, technological chip. Okay. Like a microchip or the NCIF. I don't know. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> too far, too deep. So it's going to have a accelerometer on it. Uh-huh. So as the ball is spinning... Fans can actually see like how fast it's rotating and how fast it's traveling down the field. So this is for gambling. Well, I mean, it's for fan experience, right? <laughs> it's to make some money. Okay, go ahead. But what's exciting is it hasn't been mentioned, but I think you can use this technology to figure out where on the field the ball is. Okay, okay, okay. I see where you're going with this. Finish your thought and then I have a thought. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to like controversial calls, like is it a first down or not? Like where should the ball be placed? Maybe we don't have to rely on the rest to determine where it is or like camera review, we can look at the data the football is giving us and be like, okay, here's exactly where it should be placed. Yeah, but like, let's say that the chip is like on one end of the football, but the other end is crossing the line to either get the touchdown or the first down or whatever. Will there be some sort of model or data or like, I'm just curious how that would work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there would be some sort of like depth to the chip. Right. Like maybe there's like, you see it in movies where there's like a, a oh, it's like bones. You remember they used to have that thing? It was like a, a model in the middle of the air or something. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about holograph. Is that a hologram? I, I, I've never seen Bones, so I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Unless you have something else to say about the football. Nope. Can we, put a, can we put a bow on this one? I think we should. So essentially, there's a chip. It will be able to tell us where the ball is. It's just to make money. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say just to make money, but it is making the 
the league unique. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, it is really fun information that will enhance the fan experience. But also make money. Exactly. Which I'm okay with. Yeah, I am too. Because it adds, to, I mean, it really still does add to the experience. Because if you're interested in gambling, then it adds to that part for you as well. Exactly. It's kind of a three-prong approach. What's the, what? Three-prong, fan experience, money, and fan experience. All right, move yep. on. Let's, let's. <laughs> <laughs> You heard her here fo- first, folks. The three prongs of the AAF. Fans, money, and fans. <laughs> Wait, what are the three A's? Uh, players, fans, and... That's not three A's. Oh, what? Oh, three stars. Yeah, the three wow. stars. This has gone on way too long. Please tell us what is next. I thought we put, we put a bow in this. Let's, let's, yeah. The XFL. Uh, okay. Has said that they're considering allowing younger players to join the league. Hmm. So right now with the NFL and the AAF has modeled their policy after the NFL, players had to be three years removed from high school. Yeah. And the AAF, they had to exhaust every opportunity to join the NFL. Right. They can't join the AAF until they've gone through the draft process or done everything they can to get signed by an NFL team. Which is obviously to benefit the player. Yeah. Because this league, as we've stated before, is to get players and coaches to that next level. Right. It's development league. Exactly. The XFL is anti-NFL. So they're saying... Which is stupid. Screw you to these, the whole process. Dan just gave everyone the middle finger. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> so I have a lot of thoughts on this. I, I know that I have a lot of thoughts on a lot of things. You? <laughs> yeah, definitely me. But I've got a lot of thoughts on this too. And I'm conflicted on it. So... Hopefully, if you are a college athlete, you're also working on earning a degree. Now, it's probably a bullshit degree that you won't use, but you're still working on getting a degree. So there's a benefit in going to college and being a college athlete. But more and more, that's becoming a less of reality for players to actually finish their degree. I follow a Twitter account called Angry Scout, at Angry Scout 2, I believe. And this is a scout in the NFL who keeps his identity secret so he can rant about the crap that's going on with the NFL. Ooh, I like it. Exactly. Little inside guy there. So right now he's attacking agents and the media for pushing these younger players to declare for the draft early to get the NFL before they're really ready. Okay. So. Why? For the media, I mean, everything they just have it up. They want a story for the agents. The sooner they can get a guy into the NFL, the sooner they can get a portion of their paycheck. Sure. And with the new CBA rules, apparently it's changed like when the new CBA rules, like rookie contracts aren't as lucrative. CBA? The collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. The players in the league came to terms. So now you can't have monster deals for rookies. So agents are looking to like push more and more players into the NFL so they can get paid quicker. So now players are declaring for the draft before they're really ready when they should spend another year in college. So it's become kind of an epidemic where juniors are leaving college early would still have a year of eligibility left before they finish their degree to declare for the draft and to hope to make an NFL team before they're ready. This kind of goes into my next point, though, is, and I think I've talked about this a little bit before in the podcast, I think that college sports are extremely, what's the word? Exploitative. Is that how you say it? Is it? They exploit the players. Absolutely. I mean, they're making, how much? We, Billions. We Google it real quick. How much money does college football make? Here's a summary from Vox. The NCAA takes in close to $8 billion a year. $8 billion a year. How much are these players making? Nothing. What kind of degree are they getting? 
Some are getting a legitimate degree, but most of them aren't even finishing school to earn a degree. Right. And they can't uh, put their shit on merch. They can't like sell. I mean, they can't make any fucking money. And there's a lot of controversy around this, whether or not like should players get paid a shit ton of money in college or not. I mean, wherever you fall on this argument, the, the point is the NCAA is making boatloads of money off these players and the players are getting nothing for it. Yeah. And most of them will never see a dime because they're not going to make the NFL and a lot of their degrees aren't really going to be worth much. Right. So they're, they're putting in all this time and effort and energy to not get a degree and not make it to the NFL and put money in someone else's pocket. Like, so bringing this whole thing back. Oh yeah. Sorry. (laughs) My point was they could forego college and start making money right out of high school. If they join the XFL. And still develop and improve their game in the XFL, playing professionally, and then after you know three years in the XFL, move up to the NFL if they're ready. The flip side of that is in college, you're playing against your peers, guys who are of equal or lesser talent than you are. Yeah, good point. Physically, you're on the same level. Yeah. But if you look at you know some of these college players, you know these freshmen, they're pretty small guys. They're 18 years old. Yeah, and then you want them to go up against. You know, the 30, 35 year old men that have been playing football for 20 years who are much more physically developed. Yeah. So that's kind of like where I'm hesitant about it. So, yes, I think it's better for the players to earn money now in case they never make it to the NFL. Yeah. At least they can get a hefty paycheck to get a legitimate degree or, you know, do something else with their lives. But on the other hand, what kind of injury risk are they facing? Right. And I was just thinking, I'm very curious about the safety rules of the XFL because it seems yeah. like McMahon wants to wants it to be, if we can look at how the XFL went before, an all-out, balls-out, ball, you know, just like... Very dangerous, very traditional, old-school football. Right. And you definitely wouldn't want anyone right out of high school. I mean, you don't want anyone to play that style of football anyway, but especially not someone who's looking at making money and that's all that they want. So they're going to put themselves in dangerous situations. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to this. Indubitably. But I don't have a, like a, a set opinion about this. I don't know really which way to go. So I'm going to kind of throw this question to the audience. Where do you see, where do you fall on this? Like, do you think this is a good idea for players to leave college early to go play professionally and develop there? Or do they need to stay in college where they can develop maybe a little bit safer, maybe a little more traditionally? Yeah. And let's plug that uh, phone number. If you guys want to call in and tell us your thoughts, we would love to hear them and respond to them. Phone number is 901-352-0177. Again, 901-352-0177. Call us. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. Shall we put a bow on this one? I think let's do it. What kind of bow? A big bow? Um, A black and red polka dot bow for the XFL. Oh, okay. (laughs) Some controversy in the AAF? What? On the East Coast. We're going to go visit the Atlanta Legends. Okay. This is a team that we never talk about. I know. Can I just say that? Like, I'm very, I'm, I'm nervous about this league in any way, but I'm nervous about the fact that like, seems like some teams aren't getting talked about at all. But again, I'm not on Twitter and social media in like the AAF world as much as you are. So what do you think? What are your thoughts? What are you seeing? So the Shipyard podcast, shout out to the boys at the yard. Every week. <laughs> That's our one for the week. Yep. They put out a graphic kind of showcasing where each team falls on social media. Ooh, interesting. As far as like follower count. So like the Oh, it's not like interactions and stuff? No, no, no. Okay. Not that in depth. But still interesting. (laughs) I mean, they're not that good over there. (laughs) So they found 
like the fleet and the express like the fleet are pretty popular the express are kind of like middle of the road the legends on twitter and like on facebook are like bottom of the pack but on Instagram, they blow everybody out of the water. Really? Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I think it has to do because Michael Vick is huge on Instagram. He's posting mm. all the time. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Mm-hmm. So there is a following there, but not as much as I feel with the other teams. Gotcha. Well, we talked about we weren't sure if that would be successful because it's in Atlanta. So maybe that kind of yeah. answers our question. Yeah. So the head coach has stepped down. Weird. Yeah, I mean, we're right around the corner from the season starting. We're less than a month away from kickoff. We're less than a month away! Oh my gosh! 30 days. Oh my god! One month from today, the day of the recording, not the day this episode is getting released, the Express will be not kicking off, but there'll be um, plenty... I don't. What are we? What are we gonna say now? Uh, they'll start their season. So what? What is gonna be the AF equivalent to kickoff? To like you know, they're gonna be kicking off in a month. Anyway, the Express <laughs> is going down to Birmingham in one month to play and defeat the Iron. Hell yeah! That was a high five, by the way. Okay, so we are thirty days. So she said, yeah, thirty days from the not kickoff, but the kickoff of the AAF season and head coach of the Legends stepped down. Yeah, claiming personal reasons, which is very uh... vague and bullshit. And there's got to be something else there. So the rumor was that he was going to take a coaching position in the NFL. Not sure if that's going to happen, but he claims it's family reasons, personal reasons why he stepped down. Some people said that's kind of code for I got fired, but I got to make it look like I didn't get fired. So they asked him to resign okay. type thing. Yeah. So don't know where the truth lies, but it is fishy. Yeah. And what's really telling is one day after the head coach stepped down, mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator stepped down. Who is Michael Vick? Holy shit. Yeah. He was a big get for the AAF. He was one of the original guys to out of the gate, he was signed on. So he's no longer with the league. Correct. At all. In yeah. any capacity? Nope. That there's something going down in Georgia. <laughs> there, I mean. Yeah. Do you think we'll find I, I guess my question is, do you think we'll find out what is actually happening? I don't know, because like, you know, the, there's not a whole lot of with the NFL. Like, there's so many people going around. There's so many connections. You know, the media has their sources everywhere. So you yeah. can get a lot of like this information. I don't see that right now with the AAF. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the truth will ever come out, but it's hard to hear this and not think that there's trouble in paradise. Absolutely. So you probably don't know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Go for it. Any thoughts on who will step in for OC and um, uh, manager? Nope. Uh, head coach. Heather. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So the defensive coordinator, Kevin Coyle, has been promoted to the head coach. Oh, okay. So they need so now they need a defensive coordinator and a offensive coordinator. Whoa. I don't know who's gonna fill that role. So what do we know about this new head coach? I don't know anything about him. Have you looked into him? Nah. Are you gonna? Nah. Okay. <laughs> if you guys want me to, I'll I will. But if you listen to the Crown Loyal podcast. Which is an awesome name for a podcast, yeah. by the way. It totally fits. They're a cool fucking crown logo. Yeah. So your best bet, if you care about the legends, is just listen to the Crown Loyal podcast. I'm sure those guys are going to cover it. Which is a badass name for a podcast, by the way. Yeah, I, I would say they're in the rank for probably the best. Yeah, I mean, there's other. I mean, expressing goal is pretty cool, but the Crown Loyal, like that, just sounds really cool. Yeah, because <laughs> it's their logo and yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. So I'll put a link to their show in the show notes. You can find that at memphisaaf.com/slash twenty-three. Shall we put a bow? I don't. We should come up with like a not or like a. Aviation themed. Yeah. Put a bow on it. 
What are they? What are there's like um, cross checks or something that they say over? You know, like when you're about to take off and the captain is talking to the flight attendants, like, and like pre-flight check. Yeah, but it's like cross check or uh, safety belts fastened and tray tables secured. <laughs> Our tray tables are secured on this one. All right, we're gonna secure the tray table <laughs> on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about even? Oh, the coaching situation and the legends. We secured the trade tables on it. Boom. So kind of moving on to some funny news, cool news, weird news. We're going to have to come up with something different than secure your trade tables. <laughs> okay, anyway, what'd you get? So if you live or work downtown, or maybe if you just want to like go hang out there for a little bit. You definitely should. The Memphis Express will hand deliver a special gift when you order season tickets. Can we like say that we like, can we like go out to dinner or something downtown and be like, <laughs> hey, we're like hanging out here. Come bring us our tickets. I mean, we have to buy season tickets. So we already bought season tickets. Yeah, but we had to buy them again. That's stupid. <laughs> okay, it's not stupid, but I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you want a, they, they promise to deliver it within 30 minutes. Whoa. If you call, <laughs> <laughs> I go bad for the staffers. They're probably running around like, God damn it. But if you call the office and order tickets on the phone, Within 30 minutes, they will bring you a token of appreciation. I want one. Well, we order tickets. <laughs> we already did that. I know. So if you are downtown and you want to get this uh, this nice little gift, not sure what it's going to be, just call 901-881-3344, and then they will deliver it within 30 minutes of you ordering it within like reasonable hours. I think it's like 9 to 5 or something <laughs> like that. You can't call them at like 2 a.m. I want my free token. So either season tickets or... There is a two-game bundle that you can order. Do you think they, they could do it like our old pizza delivery guy would? Like, we would call him and ask him to pick us up beer oh my God. or Oreos. <laughs> do you think that we could call the office and be like, look, I want my season tickets, and I need a six-pack. I've got to get up to get down. So, hop to it. <laughs> that would be cool if it worked that way. I don't think they will. It's like... Because it's going to go over the 30 minutes. No, definitely not. What happens if they don't get it to you within 30 minutes? <gasps> you get it for free. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I'm putting this out there. I'm not saying that that's true. Yeah. We're not associated with the team, so we can say whatever the hell we want to. <laughs> I still don't want to get sued, so. <laughs> we don't have any money. Don't sue us. So I guess if they don't deliver it, let us know what happened. Oh, we'll call them out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be relentless. Uh, so anyway, season tickets, or you can get a two-game pack, which is the February 16th game against the Hot Shots and another game of your choice. There's a special. I'm not sure what the price is, but you get a, a special discount when you do that. It's a home season opener. Yeah. Season home opener. What, what is it? That the, they're playing at home, and it's the first game at home of the season. Are you excited to watch that game? Yep, I'll be open. I'll be watching it on the app. Oh, good plug for the app, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's supposed to come out this month. Not sure when. I reached out to the tech team to see any updates on that. I haven't heard anything back yet. I have a question for you. Uh, tell me. Do we sound disappointed? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, cool. Because we're not disappointed. What would we be disappointed about? I don't know. Oh, the fact that the app's not out? Yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, they said it was going to be in January. We still got, what, 21 days left? I was disappointed that we don't get a free token. Oh, my God. So, that that counts. Sorry to the dude that said we were disappointed. <laughs> Here's the vindication that you're right. <laughs> Michelle is never happy. That's not true. That's not true. How do you feel about the team name? I'm fine with it. There we go. All right. <laughs> Only because I have to be. Shall but... we lock up the trade table on this one? Uh, we gotta we find... have gone off the rails. We've got to find something else. 
what do you guys think? What what should our sign off be for three story? Left the gate. We've left the gate. Sorry, still trying to think of a, the thing. So we got a question from a a listener, a fan, somebody follow me on Twitter. Cool. What what's the question? At the real prez ten. Okay. Asked no. They commented. Got a couple possible nicknames for y'all for Troy Cook. Oh yes. Because we asked last week what some nicknames because we got Met and Bacon Cheeseburger and Hackenberg and the Hackenberg Theaters. Yeah. All right, so what do they got for some nicknames for Troy Cook? Which, so, the one that we had last week was Troy Head Cook, but that didn't really work. No. So the two this person offered was TC. Okay. Or Cookie. <gasps> I like Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like the Cookie Monster when you said that. I want <laughs> Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Troy Cookie? It sounds like cutesy. Yeah. I mean, it's also a nickname for, like, uh, the cook for something. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Okay, so what do you guys think of those nicknames? Or what else you got for them? Or Brandon Silvers. We need a nickname for him. If he makes a team. Silver. Isn't there um, a superhero Silver something? Silver Surfer? Silver. Oh, yeah. A silver Surfer, I think, is one. Oh, it's like the Rise of the Silver Surfer with the Fantastic Four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he the villain or is he? I think he's a villain. That's all right. If he wins, like he'll be the villain because he's like the underdog beating out the competition. Seems like Met and Bacon Cheeseburger is the underdog. Yeah, yeah. But not really because he was a favor to win the job in the first place. But he was selected last. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Not the point. Off the rails again. <laughs> so before we get to the main event, we want to, I think we mentioned it before, but we want to have like a hangout place for after the games. Yep. And places we can watch the away games. So a call out for our listeners, if you own a local restaurant or a local hangout place, or you know somebody that can hook us up, where are some places, preferably near Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, that we can A, go to after the games, or B, watch away games? So like obviously, like for the most games, like we're going to be actually traveling for the game, but where can the fans go to watch the games? You know, a good one might be RP Tracks. Okay, I've never heard of it. You've been there. Have I? Yep. What, which one is this? It's close to U of M, which is close to Liberty Bowl. Yeah. It's kind of a local bar and grill. Okay. Now on to the main event. Training camp is well underway. Today wrapped up day five of practice, I believe. Wow. Yep. And things seem to be going pretty well. I would have no idea. I mean, all I've seen is like footage from practice, which I have. I mean, it's guys throwing footballs or guys like hitting. I, I, <laughs> yeah, they're mostly running drills, so you can't actually see where the skill lies. Which is their intent. They don't want to show us everything. Yeah. There is some footage of like some really cool plays, but like overall, the, the videos that are out there, you can't really get a good idea of what's going on. But I am getting updates from the team, kind of giving us highlights and standouts and kind of things that are going on. Oh, cool. During practice. Yeah. Should we hit it up uh, rapid style? Well, lightning round. Lightning round. Well, first, I do want to say... There was a scuffle, apparently, among some players. What? Not uncommon when it comes to practice. I mean, you've got a lot of testosterone going on. you got emotions are high. Like Adrenaline's going. Yeah, these guys are pumped up. They haven't gotten where they are by not being competitive. True. And not giving it their all every step of the way. Yep. So naturally, things are going to break out. Apparently, it was addressed and not really a big issue moving forward. So, it, I mean, I think like, it's exciting to have that kind of aggression and that kind of passion early on yeah 
And the other thing is there isn't really any standouts among the QBs. I think that kind of changed a little bit, but we'll get into that during the rapid fire. Okay. So it seems like really good competition. That could mean two things. Either the quarterbacks, nobody's good enough to stand out. Yikes. Or they're all really good. You're hoping it's the latter. I believe it is. And we'll get to why in a minute. Okay. So let's hit it with the rapid fire. So going back to the actual first day of practice on the 5th, the Express took the field at 315. Okay. So from the team, we have some highlights from day one. Standing out among first round draft pick QB Troy Cooks, many throws were connections with wide receiver Ryan Timmons and tight end Luke Papillon. Papillion. But it looks like Papillon. Peppy Lion. <laughs> That's whenever I'm like spelling it, like typing it out. I had to think Peppy Lion. <laughs> okay. Timmons nabbed a deep crosser late in the day. Deep crosser? So that is whenever, like essentially you're running across the field. Ah, side to side. And deep. Yeah. Deep and cross. Deep. Oh okay. <laughs> Papillon secured a <laughs> diving Papi grab. Leon. <laughs> secured a diving grab running up the, what? Up the seam. Up the seam. Oh, my God. Wow. Forever. We're not good at these rapid fires. All right. Up the seam, Daniel. Yes. Up the middle of the field. Why it's like where the hatch marks are. That's the seam. It's not, but okay. On the defensive side of the field, a spectacular playing coverage by LB. Linebacker. Dale Warren drew an, an excited reaction from coach Mike Singletary. Of course it did. He's a defense guy. He's a linebacker. Praising his linebacker, Singletary shouted, somebody's been listening. I can hear Singletary saying, somebody's been listening. Yep. Though it's difficult to evaluate the running game before pads come on, running back Kenny Hilliard showed terrific bursts on a number of handoffs and expects to contend for the starting role. Boom. Roasted. Every day, there's going to be some quotes. I post them on Instagram. We won't go from here because it's kind of kind of boring. Yep. But if you want quotes from all the days, check us out on Instagram at Memphis AAF Pod. So now we're going to move on to day two of practice. Day two. Day two. Now, this was on this past Monday on the 7th. The team took the field at 9.30 in the morning and went through two hours of padless practice and still on the offense and defense. Did some seven-on-seven seven work and then wrapped it up with 11-on-11 11 11 drills. Sorry about the hiccup. <laughs> During 11-on-11, 11 11, wide receiver Jonathan Ray enjoyed a sequence of back-to-back chunk plays. Daniel, what are, what, what, what are chunk plays? So those are like the big plays that you think of. It sounds disgusting, by the way. Chunk <laughs> plays. Because you get a chunk of yardage. Ah. So just think of like a deep pass down the field. Okay. Ray connected with QB Troy Cook on a hook for a first down. On the next snap, Ray turned the corner on a nifty reverse. Oh, yeah. Nifty. <laughs> QB Brandon Silver stood out on the second day of practice. Silver's drew cheers from the sideline by locating tight end Brett Thompson on a deep out to the left side. Silver's racked up another deep completion by targeting tight end Luke Papillon on a post. Papillon? Papillon. <laughs> Any French people are like, well, you shut up. That's definitely not how you say that. Do you, remember, do you know what those are? What? The deep out and post. Yes. Okay. But you should tell our listeners so that in case they don't know. <laughs> Obviously, you know. Obviously. But for those of you that don't, so a deep out, an out route, essentially, you run up the field and you make a sharp 90-degree turn to either side. So an out route to the left would be you, on the left side of the field. You run up a few yards and cut a 90-degree angle to the sideline. Okay. And you catch it on the end, and then you go out of bounds. So a deep out is just deeper than that. A post route is you run up quite a ways, and then you turn like a 45-degree angle towards the middle of the field. And you catch the ball, typically in between like the safeties or something. See, this is why we work. You can hit us with the info, <laughs> and I can hit us with the fun. Hopefully, I get these right. I feel we're gonna get a comment like that is not what a post route is, dude. <laughs> if it's not, please educate me. But I do play Madden, so I kind of am an expert. Definitely. So. Can we go? Let's move on. All right, quarterback 
Jeremy Cutterer. Cutterer, I think. Cutterer. Turned heads by breaking up the multiple passes Monday morning. Linebacker Demarcus Gates batted down a pass along the left sideline, drawing praise from teammates and coaches. Wide receiver K1 Ross secured the longest gain of the day on a back shoulder throw by QB Christian Hackenberg up the right sideline. Back shoulder throw. So if you think like a wide receiver running with a the quarterback, they're, you know, step and step back shoulder is going to be thrown a little bit behind the receiver so the cornerback can't get to it. Aha. Gotcha. I could like visibly demonstrate it, but that's not going to work on an audio podcast. <laughs> I'll just take your word for it. So quick plug. We interviewed K1 Ross at the uh, minicamp. If you want to see that interview, it's on our Patreon memphisaf.com slash patreon and it'll take you there and it's free you don't have to actually give us any money to watch that day three of practice took place on the 8th the team took the field at 3 30 and again same thing padless practice individual drills seven on seven eleven on eleven and the punt team got a little bit of work Ooh, exciting during seven on sevens cornerback terrell bonds undercut an out pattern on the left side for a pick six Ooh, yeah exciting hopefully you can do that during your game hey yo all four quarterbacks lit up the short 11 on 11 portion of practice, going a combined 9 for 10 during the segment. QB Brandon Silvers paced the unit with a perfect 4 for 4 outing, what, including a deep pass to wide receiver Xavier Rush, who secured a juggling catch, what, while falling to the turf along the sideline. What? Do you not know what a juggling catch is? Are you surprised by the talent? Both? Uh, okay, so I imagine a juggling catch is like, he's like, whoa, 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 where's the ball? I gotta catch it. And as he's falling to the ground, but well, he secures like, it. Trying right. to secure the ball. That's what I'm doing with my hands. You guys can't see that. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like it's juggling in the air, but he secures it. In case you don't know, that sound is a universal code and podcast language for juggling catch. Right. And what was the other thing? Uh, four Pace for four unit. outing. Oh, and that too. What the hell? So he just, he did, he got, he went four for four. Oh, okay. Which means he had no incompletions. So going back to the fact that there's no standout among the quarterbacks, whether or not they're good or not good, uh-huh. the fact that as a unit, they went nine for 10. There is really good competition that they're all viable quarterbacks. I'm. I hope that I'd be interested to know how that compares to other teams. Obviously, we don't know, but I'd be interested. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of podcasts out there, guys. If you're listening, let us know kind of how your quarterbacks are doing. So, day four took place on the ninth on Wednesday. The team took the field at nine thirty in the morning, and this was the first day of practice with pads. Ooh. Yes. So, this is when the real football happens. They worked on individual drills, one-on-ones, seven-on-sevens, and the two-minute offense. So one thing about the fourth day practice was it was noticeably colder, and there were high winds that day. All right. Throwing the ball in the air, you got to take the wind into account. Okay. So it kind of gave the team a little bit practice with less than ideal weather. I see. Which could be an issue in the Liberty Bowl in February. Yeah, definitely. So hit us with the highlights, Michelle. During 7-on-7s, quarterback Channing Stribling hopped in front of an out on the left sideline for his first interception of camp. QB Troy Cook found wide receiver Gerard Chapard. <laughs> That's definitely not how you say that. <laughs> Shrinking up the right sideline on a fly route on 7-on-7s. In 7-on-7s, I'm not the best at this. <laughs> Linebacker Demarcus Gates secured a fumble recovery on the first play of two-minute offense. Hell yeah. Running back Kenny Hilliard ran for 15 yards on a draw out of shotgun in the early part of two-minute offense. QB Troy Cook hit wide receiver Ryan Timmons on a go route to the house into what? On a go route to the house in two minute offense. Does that make sense? Nope. So the go route essentially just run in a straight line. Okay. And then it's a deep pass to the house just means that he scored a touchdown. Okay. Why the? Okay. It's, it's football talk. <laughs> Running back Rajon Neal ripped off a big gain on a stretch play to the right side in two minute offense. QB Christian Hackenberg connected with wide receiver Fabian Guerra 
deep down in the right sideline on an out. Guerra corralled the catch with an outstanding toe drag before falling out of bounds. Oh, no, I, I know what that is. <laughs> a toe drag. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Defensive lineman Jermichael Winston Sr. broke up a screen pass in two-minute offense by utilizing a speed rush around the outside, around the outside, around the outside, and dipping the pass. And lastly, linebacker Dale Warren delivered a tackle for loss by blitzing a draw in two-minute offense. So Dale Warren and Kenny Hilliard and Ryan Timmons their name has been coming up quite a bit. So I think like they're going to be a couple of the standout players on the team. Cool. And day five, the last day, hopefully. This is a lot of information. Yep. This is the part where if I were listening to this podcast, I would get bored and probably stop listening. So hopefully you guys are not getting bored and hopefully you're still listening. Hopefully you're those, those football nerds like Dan and you know all this shit and, and this <laughs> is exciting for you. Fifth day of practice took place at 3.30 in the afternoon. Second day of padded practice worked on individual drills, one-on-ones, seven-on-sevens, 11-on-elevens, and the red zone offense. So this is when uh, things get a little bit... Exciting. Yeah. And another thing that was exciting, Heinz Ward paid a visit to the Express today, or yesterday. So a couple of transactions have happened. Okay. Transactions mean roster moves. Obviously. They added defensive end Anthony Johnson out of LSU to the active list. Added defensive tackle Mentori Hughes from UT Martin and wide receiver Demoria Stringfellow from Mississippi, running back Jihad Thomas from Temple, and offensive tackle Toby Weathersby from LSU to the reserved list. That, I think, is their version of the practice squad, is that list of reserved players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that with Nathan Shackelford. Yep. In episode 13. You have no idea. <laughs> Just look up Nathan Shackelford. He's there. Now, this is the part that I've been excited about. This is the part I've been looking forward to, and I think it should have happened before now. Roster moves? No. Or the reserve list? No. The next thing you're about to talk about. Oh, the waivers? Yes. They waived their rights to these players. Oh, yeah. So these players are now free to sign with any team, right? They've been cut from the Express and are free to sign with any team. This is running back Antonio Andrews, defensive tackle Matt Elam, wide receiver Jonathan Ray, linebacker Reggie Spearman, and linebacker Xavier Thigpen. Let's hit up these highlights. Let's do it. Quarterback Jamal Pardner stood out with an outstanding afternoon on the practice field. Pardner broke up three passes and contributed a pick six on 11 and 11s. That's exciting. So I don't know if this is because he performed well or because the quarterback messed up. Wide receiver Reese Horn caught a ball by going over his head from Christian Hackenberg, 45 yards downfield on a go route. Is that how that works? So he pinned it against the back of the cornerback. Uh-huh. That's okay. how he caught it. Gotcha. It's worded really weird, but essentially it was 45 yards downfield on a go route, which is a straight line. Uh-huh. And he caught it on the back of the cornerback that was covering him. This is where it's hard to have a football podcast. I know. So just picture this. The wide receiver and cornerback are running down the field. The ball is thrown 45 yards down the field. The wide receiver jumps up, reaches back over, like behind, like turns around, uh-huh. which is over the back of the cornerback's head uh-huh. and pins the ball to the cornerback's back. Okay. And, and that's how he caught it. Gotcha. So I I wish there's footage of this because it sounds amazing. Yeah. Next up, quarterback Zach Metton Bacon Cheeseburger produced back-to-back touchdowns in red zone offense. For the first one, he found tight end Brett Thompson posted up against zone coverage for the first. I said that already. For the second one, he delivered a shovel pass to running back Terrence McGee for a five-yard score. And so this kind of leads me to feel maybe Menberger is kind of taking the lead a little bit. Uh-huh. The fact that he's highlighted and that he got two touchdowns in back-to-back red zone drives. That's exciting. Or like red zone drills. Yeah. Linebacker Colton Jumper snagged an interception in one-on-ones by running underneath an out route. 
Wide receiver Drew Morgan secured a sideline grab in seven on sevens against tight coverage, going up top to make the play and maintaining the catch through a rough landing on his back. Whoa. Right. Is that it? That is it. Finally. <laughs> like I said, there are a ton of quotes from the players and from Singletary and the coaches that's all been posted to Instagram. And I'm updating this every day. If you follow me on social media, you'll see all these updates as well. Okay. So that is that. That's training camp. That's uh, that's what's going on with the Express. Exciting. Very exciting. Even though your tone says otherwise. Well, it's just the thing that like, I wish that we had videos for like, I wish I could see these things that I'm just reading about. Yeah. I can picture them, but just reading it out isn't nearly as exciting as watching it. Yeah. Agreed. I do have a lot of videos from practice. So I'm going to figure out, because I don't want to just like just post them as is. I need to like trim them up. So I'll do something. Follow me on Instagram or YouTube. And whenever I get them done, you'll see them there. Do you got anything else, Michelle? I don't, but I do think that we need to shout out our producers this week. Yes. Today's episode is brought to you by our wonderful patrons, executive producer Brian Winsloff, and producers are Andrew Martin, Joe Van Dalsum, Rodrigo Villagomez, and Zachary Garten. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for your support. And if you want to help out on the show and help produce the show, just go to memphisaaf.com slash support, and you can find out how to do it there. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. Is shit a cuss word? Uh, yeah, I think shit is definitely a cuss word. Well, shit. Fuck. Oh, shit. There you go. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs>